0: Good evening. Tonight, my topic is about the rich man and Lazarus. If you will, please turn in your Bibles with me to Luke 16, 19-31. Luke 16, 19-31. And it reads, there was a certain certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared substantially st- every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was Laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by an angel to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus, Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father, Abraham. Have mercy on me," and said, "Lazarus, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in this flame." But Abraham said, "Son, remember that in your lifetime you re, you received your good things, and now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us, you are there, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed." So that those who went want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from here pass to, you, to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send me to my father's house. I have five brothers, and that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And... He said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Now let's see how the Webster's Dictionary defines being rich. It states having a lot of money and possessions and having or supplying a large amount of something that is wanted or needed. This is how the world defines rich. Now, that we have read the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, let's identify being rich in today's society. Let's take a look at some of the differences between the rich man and Lazarus. Let's compare the differences and see which man is truly rich in God's eyes. Let's begin with the rich man and see what, different, what defined him as being rich. He had a purple robe. Fine linen, and plenty to eat, and he also had five brothers, which he loved. Lazarus was had a very different lifestyle. He was a beggar, just trying to get the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Also, his body had sores, which was common among the poor during this time. And the sores were so bad that the dogs licked them. We can see from the parable of the rich man. We can see from the parable that the rich man knew Lazarus existed. But it didn't seem to it didn't seem that he offered to help him. Now that we are able to see some of the differences between the two men, let's take a look and see how God looks at riches. So please turn in your Bibles with me to first Timothy six nine through ten. First Timothy six nine through ten. And it reads, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which some have strayed from, which some have strayed from the faith, in the greediness and and pierced themselves through with through with many sorrows. Let's also look at Luke 8, 18, 25. Luke eighteen twenty five. And it reads For it is easy easier for a camel to go through with the eye of a needle and the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And now please turn with me to Psalms fifty two seven. Psalms fifty two seven. And it says Here is a rich man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in his abundance of riches. And strengthened himself in his wickedness. Now, having physical riches is not a sin as long as we never we never lose sight that all the blif- all the blessings come from God, and we can find this in First Timothy six seventeen. Please turn to me to First Timothy six seventeen, and it reads: Charge them, charge them that are rich in this world, and they not be high-minded, nor trust the uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us rich, richly all things to enjoy. Let's continue to look at how God views riches. Please turn with me to Proverbs 11, 28. Proverbs 11, 28. And it reads, He who trusteth trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch and now please turn with me to Romans 11 33 Romans 11 33 and it reads oh the depths of the of the riches both are are the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out and now one more please turn with me to ephesians 3 14 through16. Ephesians three, fourteen through 16 And it reads, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches and of glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and in, and in the inner man. Since the rich man put his physical possessions ahead of God, he kept putting off making. He kept putting off making God his main focus in his life. Even though Lazarus was a, was poor, he kept his faith and trust in God. Which one are you? Are you the rich man who realized it too late? Who real? Are you the rich? Man? Are you the rich man who realized too late what is truly important in life, and wanted, and wanted to get just a little drop of water to ease the pain, and. That was having in torment. Or are you Lazarus? Do you put God first in all the things you do and have faith, and that He will provide for your needs and and enjoy the gifts of eternal life? Even though the trials in life are hard many times, do you still allow God to be the most important thing in your life? Let's look at one final scripture in Matthew 19 through 21. Matthew 6, 19-21. And it reads, Do not lay up yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, them, destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, neither moth nor dust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasures is there, your heart will be also. There is no doubt that what is in your heart shows in our actions. We don't know when our life will end and just like the rich man and Lazarus, but are you ready at any time for your life to end and have the blessing of heaven? Or are you just going to keep putting off the decision to make God the focus in your life and hope to have a time to change? You have a, wondering opp- a wonderful opportunity right now to be sure that you have a home in heaven the choices tonight. And now Justin will be talking about the parable of uh, the Good Samaritan.
1: Good evening. Like Josh said, I will be talking about the Good Samaritan tonight. So if you would, uh, I encourage all of you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Luke 10, 30 through 37. And it says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at this place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine and when he set him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him on the next day when he departed he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said to him take care of him and whatever more you spend when i come again i will repay you so which of these so which of these 3 do you think was a neighbor to him and who fell amongst the thieves and he said, He showed mercy on them. He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So now I gotta ask y'all something. Have you ever put something off and just kept putting it off? Just constantly saying, I'll do it later. That there is putting the pro in procrastination. And, for example, when you're going to say you're going to clean your room, write a paper, or go work out and lose those 10 pounds that you keep saying that you're going to lose, but yet you say, nah, game's on. Let's go watch some football. How many of, of us have done something of that matter? I mean, I have. And so, how many of us have said, I will do it later? I don't really feel like doing it right now. And we don't end up doing it for a matter of hours, days, weeks, or maybe just not even doing it. Well, I'm definitely one to do that. I mean, for instance, English papers. Me, along with a bunch of people that I go to school with, we all say, It's due in three weeks. I'll have plenty of time to do it on the weekend. It's fine. I don't have to do it right now. But what I end up doing the night of before it's due at 10 o'clock at night, I'm scrambling. To Finish it, because I have waited too long i don 't have it ready when I need it, and so I end up writing the paper at ten, and although I get it done i 'm always not sure about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess you could say that I put the pro in procrastination, but i 'm not the only one and the parable that I'm covering is going to tie right into that. So, if you would, turn back in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verse 31. And we read, Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And, so, when we read about this, we read about the priest and the Levite. The Levite in verse 32, it reads, Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at this place, came and looked and passed on the other side. They came across this man that was wounded, stripped of his garments, yet they put him off for another to come by to take care of. A Levite and a priest both just kept on going. They did not take care of him as soon as they saw need. And they left him there when he needed tending to the most. And see, these weren't just regular people. A priest and a Levite were both very strong in the faith. And yet, they merely left a dying man on the side of the road. Now, let's go back to Luke 10 again. And let's look at verse 33 through 35. And it says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds We read about how the Samaritan, a man of a people hated by so many, who came to help the dying man. He bandaged him, set him on his own animal, and took him to safety. He took action on the sight of this man dying on the side of the road. He did not think, oh, I'll just help him later. I need to do something else right now. No, he helped the man. He had never met before in his life. A complete stranger. He helped him as soon as he saw need. Can you say that you would do the same? Could you do the same for a man lying on the side of the road? Or would you merely just pass him by? Would you see the man... Sitting there, and you think, I'm on my way to Walmart. I, I really need to get those groceries. Or the game's on. Let's get back to the house. Now let's look at it from another standpoint. Say that there's someone at your work or school, and they're falling in the faith. Or They don't even believe in Christ. They don't even know Him. Will you pass them by? Will you leave them for another time? Will you say to yourself, I really should tell them about Christ, but I've really got to get to class, or I've really got to get back to work. Why would you put that off? why would you leave that soul unattended? Will you be like the preacher and the Levite and leave their soul sitting on the side of the road? Or will you stop procrastinating and take care of them like the Samaritan did? Don't put it off any longer. If there's someone in your life that's struggling... Or does not believe that Jesus is the Christ, lend them a hand. Don't pass them by like the priest who the Levite. Now one last thing before we stand to sing this invitation. If you're thinking of becoming a Christian, or you are a Christian, and you're having troubles in your life, there's a seat, there's an entire bench and a half We can even go into the second rows if we needed to. Come on down front. Don't wait. Time is short and life is passing us by. Don't put it off any longer. If you need to come forward tonight and ask forgiveness or to become a Christian, I encourage you to do so tonight as together we stand and as we sing.